When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, folks, it's another weekly feature here on the Kenny and JT Show as we talk fantasy football and help us do so because there's a lot of changes going on. Let's bring in Lance Goodman to the program right now with NFLExporter.com. Lance, uh, we've fallen on some hard times. We're, we've lost the last two weeks in a row. What gives? You know what? I, I, I will say this. As crazy as it may sound, uh, it's a situation to where sometimes it's better to go ahead and get those losses out of the way now instead of it happening in the playoffs or in the championship game. So uh, don't feel too bad about it. Uh, you know, hey, we, we'll, we'll take the silver lining. It was a blessing to get off to an 8 no start. So you're That's right. driver's seat, no problem. You know what happens every year it seems as though – you, you draft your team, you get ready. Maybe you didn't uh, take into account the bye weeks. And when the bye week comes around, you're left without a certain position player and whatnot. And then you get injuries this late into the season. And then if you didn't handcuff someone, you're really on the outside looking in. So our problem right now with the team was over the last two weeks, we had a lot of guys on the bye. But now we move into week 10, week 11. We look at our team and we say, okay, it's time to start making a few moves because we do have a guy like Andrews, a tight end from the Baltimore Ravens. We don't know what his uh, status is going to be. Do we look for a backup tight end? And if so, is there anyone out there on the waiver wire that we could take a look at? Yeah, well, if they are still available, his backup, Isaiah Likely, would have been our first choice of preference. He has scored in both of the last two games that Mark Andrew has not played in, and we know that Lamar Jackson loves his tight end. He's a very tight end friendly quarterback. I'd say the hottest name at the tight end position right now is going to be Cole Komet of the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Has four touchdowns in his last three games. As we've seen quarterback Justin Fields in that Bears offense do a complete 360, he is benefiting in a major, major way. And then there are your usual kind of roll-of-the-dice guys on a weekly basis. Hayden Hurst for the Cincinnati Bengals comes to mind. Uh, Will Disley of the Seattle Seahawks. Mike Gusecki, well, he's actually on by this week. Hunter Henry of the New England Patriots. I think what's interesting, and I have not had a chance to see for myself, guys, but tight end Dallas Goder of the Philadelphia Eagles is going to miss an extended period of time with a shoulder injury. So checking in to see who Philadelphia's backup is. And then also Zach Ertz was very consistent this year, especially in full-point PPR league. He suffered a knee injury, and he's out for the rest of the season. So you have a couple open vacancies if you're a fantasy owner in Philadelphia, in Arizona. No promises because Ertz and Goder are very good and established players. But at least you know you have a starting tight end, and hopefully he can chip into your weekly lineup. 
We're talking fantasy football with Lance Goodman right now with NFLExporter.com. Everything you need to know about setting your lineup and getting yourself ready for another victory. Lance, one of the other big questions we had, and it's a quarterback position, is the fact that Justin Herbert hasn't been playing up to the caliber that he played to in previous seasons. Is it still a matter of that cartilage in his ribcage, or should we look elsewhere? No, uh, but why he's been struggling so much is he has not had uh, his starting receivers of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in the lineup the last two games. Uh, I know Keenan Allen owners are either holding on to him for dear life, hoping to make the playoffs and he can contribute, or you've cut ties. But Keenan Allen got hurt in the third quarter of the first game of the season, and he has not been back on the football field since. So, I mean, this guy has missed basically 10 weeks. And then Mike Williams, who was his uh, option uh, option B slash, you know, uh, part 2A. Williams definitely has shown he can be a capable number one receiver. He's missed the last two games with an ankle injury. So if you are a Justin Herbert owner, uh, hopefully you've had a trustworthy or at least consistent backup, someone like Jerry Goff, someone like Jimmy Garoppolo. Heck, maybe you were able to cash in on Justin Fields after he had his breakout game in New England. So, no, Justin Herbert is fully healthy. It's really a byproduct of his top two receivers, who when they are healthy, are top 25 receivers in the NFL. He simply has, had, has not had those guys at his disposal, and obviously it's affecting his numbers. Lance, about a half hour ago, maybe a little bit longer ago, the game between the Browns and the Bills was moved to Detroit. How is this going to affect our fantasy football teams? Oh, wow. Okay. Very, very interesting there. Uh, well, I would say it's going to affect it in a very good way because if you are playing outside in western New York in the middle of an avalanche or a big-time <laughs> then obviously for fantasy football, your stats are definitely going to take a hit. Now, those are two cold-weather teams. But, again, if the weather is absolutely horrible, then that could cause some problems. So if you're a fantasy football owner, you're probably happy that the game is moved. Now, Buffalo, obviously, is going to lose the home advantage effect. Uh, so I think for Cleveland, that is to their advantage. But, um, yeah, now that that game is obviously indoors, that just opens up the door for playing your guys how you normally would. And I think it's a, really a big advantage for Cleveland because the Bills have lost uh, two straight games. Uh, coming out to Buffalo uh, with that taking place was probably a buzzsaw type environment for Cleveland. But now that the game has been moved to a neutral field, at least you can kind of offset some of the noise. And, again, the weather uh, is something from a fantasy football standpoint. That, yeah, if that game's being played in the middle of a snowstorm, we may have to reconsider. So uh, that is something that is very fascinating. I would assume they are expecting horrible weather. You really don't hear that often that a football game is moved especially when it is a snow type city like buffalo so i find that very interesting kenny the one thing we know is they took it off the board in vegas did they buffalo was an eight eight and a half point favorite wherever you found it at right now it's currently off the board and that'll change because like lance just said you do lose home field advantage yeah you do but you gain the better passing game for Buffalo to play indoors instead of having to play in that snow and the wind. We saw how the passing game was affected uh, with Ohio State versus Northwestern when they had bad weather up there. So uh, I think this benefits the, the Bills more than it does the Browns. Uh, we're talking fantasy football right now with our fantasy gurus. I like to call him Lance Goodman. Follow him on Twitter at NFL Exporter. Uh, Lance, 
Here's a question that guys and gals who do fantasy football, they run into every time this year, right? They drafted somebody high. It's nutcracking time right now, Lance, right? you got to win this week. you got to try and get in the playoffs. So if you draft somebody high and he's been a disappointment, uh, how do you go about sitting somebody you took maybe in the first, second, or third round because somebody that uh, was picked up as a free agent is playing better than them? What's your rule on that? I'm just curious. Yeah, the, the key word that I caught from you was must need a win. And when yeah. that is the case, we have to put our pride, our ego, and the fact that this number one pick, a.k.a. a Najee Harris, a.k.a. a James Conner, you know, a.k.a. Yeah. Uh, a Jonathan Taylor, uh, we have to push our pride to the side and go with the guys who are getting the job done. We had a very similar conversation about this last year when we were trying to make a decision between the name brand uh, higher-ranked guy in DeAndre Hopkins or the very little-known and kind of lesser-ranked guy off the waiver wire, Hunter Renfro. And we went with Hunter Renfro because he was the guy who was pumping in the numbers and going to give us the best opportunity to win. And so it's very difficult to sit a Jonathan Taylor, especially after finally having, you know, another good game last week. I certainly can understand how difficult it can be to sit a Najee Harris or a guy that you invested your draft pick in. But if you must get a win this weekend for, I would say, 60% of fantasy owners, that's where you're at. Most guys are somewhere between 6-4 and four and 4-6 four and six with a shot to get in the playoffs. And now these wins are significant and mean a lot because you're going to be pretty much in head-to-head matchups and have an opportunity to kind of gain some ground, leapfrog someone, or in the end, a tie record, a head-to-head matchup could come into place. And so I would certainly evaluate the matchup. Uh, before sitting them on the bench. But if you have someone that you picked up off the waiver wire recently and they are balling out or you feel more comfortable knowing that they're going to get the full workload and be in position to help your team get a win, by all means, that is certainly the route uh, that you have to go. I-, I would say at this point, if that stud has not helped your lineup, especially if you have a losing record, then there should be no shame at this point in sitting them on the bench, again, unless they have an extremely favorable matchup. Looking at a player that just popped up on the waiver wire, hopefully coming off the IL this weekend, or IR. IL is baseball. IR is still football. Marquise Brown, wide receiver with the Cardinals. If he's available, any desire in picking him up? Yeah, you know what? If you have room on your roster, I like the addition. I think the issue is, one, uh, the matchup this week on the, well, in the neutral location against the San Francisco 49ers in Mexico. Uh, the 49ers defense is a top five unit in the NFL. So from a matchup standpoint, probably not the best game to put him back in the lineup, especially when the player's returning from a lower body injury. You never know at what point it could get tweaked. It could get aggravated. Is he going to be on some type of play count? I think the bigger thing you're looking at right now, at least for this week alone, is quarterback Kyler Murray going to play. Uh, did not play uh, last week against the Rams with a hamstring injury. His status is 50-50. Obviously, Murray is a better quarterback than backup Colt McCoy. And so if I do get Marquise Brown, if owners do get Marquise Brown, I would be in a wait-and-see approach this week. I would probably hope that Kyler Murray gets healthy, make sure that Brown doesn't have any setbacks, and then he could be a guy uh, who could pay some dividends for your team down the stretch run because prior to the injury, uh, he had been one of the more consistent fantasy wide receivers. But, of course, that was before the return of DeAndre Hopkins, who's been an absolute monster since returning in Week 7. 
What about your thoughts on Dak Prescott taking on the Vikings? I love I love the matchup. I think that game could very well turn into a shootout. You have two offenses with a lot of firepower: Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, Ceedee Lamb, uh, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, T.J. Hawkinson, and so I, I, I like Dak Prescott this week. Uh, I would say for football, you know, every quarterback has his bad days, aka like a Josh Allen. Right now, three consecutive games, he's throwing two interceptions, and for three straight games. One of those interceptions is happening in the red zone and taking points off the board. So I would not get deterred by Dak Prescott's two interceptions last week at Dallas. This is fantasy football. He still did have three TD passes. And I'm one who's in the mindset that this could be a high-scoring shootout-type game. So unless you have some better options, which are extremely difficult to come across this time of year, especially on the spur of the whim, I would like Dak Prescott. I think there definitely are some points to be scored in that game this week. Let's stay right there in the Twin Cities. Tony Pollard, you you mentioned, he got the start last week for Ezekiel Elliott. Is that going to be a ca- the case again on Sunday? You know, the status is up in the air for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, once he does return, he is expected to resume his starting position. I would say if you're a Tony Pollard owner, you still would can just kind of move him down to your flex position because even when Ezekiel Elliott was there, he was still getting a consistent 14 to 15 touches a week and turning that into, you know, a good 80 to 90 all-purpose yards. Obviously, what's going to be missing with Zeke back is he's going, Zeke is going to eat into some of those goal line carries and just overall usage. But we've seen firsthand Tony Pollard these last couple weeks getting a full workload is an absolute monster. So, you know, if you have both of those running backs, which I know some owners do, you do find yourself in somewhat of a dilemma now trying to figure out, do you stick with Pollard? Do you go back with Zeke? And so you're definitely in a wait-and-see approach. If Pollard's getting a full workload again, it's a no-brainer. If he's not, I think with how confident he's playing, the momentum he's picked up uh, the last couple of weeks, I would be very comfortable putting him in the flex role. I would assume, unless Ezekiel Elliott passed all tests and is completely 100% healthy, he may find himself on some type of play count this week as well. Lance, how much of a headache has Kevin Stefanski giving you uh, based on uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and his use or lack thereof of those two guys each and every Sunday? You know, man, I would say that the overall uh, play calling, but, you know, Nick Chubb is an absolute monster. Uh, He gets it done every single week. I think last week at Miami was a bit of an anomaly. Um, The game kind of got away from Cleveland pretty quick, and Chubb still was able to find pay dirt nonetheless. I think as the season moves on, teams are starting to buckle down a little bit more and and focus on Nick Chubb. Uh, I think, you know, Stefanski's probably trying to do the best job he can also to ensure that Nick Chubb makes it through the course of the entire season. And so, um, look, Chubb finds his number weekly nonetheless. Uh, and I'm going to segue right over, guys. That, to me, I'd love to hear from you. What do you think the matchup this week against Buffalo? My initial mindset with this game being in Buffalo, Buffalo on a two-game losing streak, I think Nick Chubb is like a prime example. How can the world can you afford to sit a guy like Nick Chubb, but he's going yeah. against a team that has lost two games in a row, and the Bills' run D has been pretty stout. How do you guys see things shaking out for Nick Chubb against that Bills defense this week? It's inconsistency at its best. I mean, we don't know on a weekly basis. We cover that team. So we never know whether or not he's going to get 
10, 12, 25 carries a game. You see it's a Jekyll and Hyde organization because one night on a Monday night against the Bengals, they run them and they win. The following week, you go to a team like Miami, not known to be very stout against the run. We don't run it. We get blown out. Your guess is as good as ours, Lance. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely like that sometime. And a couple other running backs who can fit that mold. We can start tonight with uh, Derrick Henry. Obviously, he's a top 10 fantasy running back uh, right now. But on a short week's rest, uh, their starting center is out for Tennessee going against Green Bay, a defense that you don't fear. But a lot of times in these Thursday night football games on a short week, especially for the team that has to travel, uh, man, it, it can be rough sledding. So I think the comfort you get with Henry is at least knowing that he is going to be featured in the run game. He's going to get those goal line carries. But a couple other running backs that I think you just, at least from a matchup standpoint, uh, you just kind of look and wonder and hoping for the best. After coming back in three straight games of burning it up, Alvin Kamara's come down to life the last two weeks. This week he's at home against the Rams, who are ailing big time. But the Rams are still stout in the trenches. Uh, we talked about the Tony Pollard situation. I think guys like Jonathan Taylor, you know, after a breakout game, or I should say a return to form game, pretty much after being invisible after the first week of the season, he's got Philadelphia's defense coming in. And for the most part, they've been consistent against the run. Uh, some guys like Aaron Jones, another top uh, 10 fantasy running back tonight, very stout Tennessee defense. Guys, I do like, though, I do love Saquon Barkley uh, at home this week against that Detroit Lions defense. I do like Christian McCaffrey this week uh, against the Arizona Cardinals defense, which has been pretty soft and given up a lot of points. And also Cordero Patterson of the uh, Atlanta Falcons at home against Chicago. Before I get you guys' uh, thoughts, just a quick side note. I thought it was very interesting that even though Christian McCaffrey is the starting uh, running back for the 49ers, they made a trade for him. Running back of running back, Elijah Mitchell uh, is the guy who had 18 carries for 89 yards last week. And so, you know, to be a backup, that is a lot of volume. And if anybody needs help for a running back, Elijah Mitchell, who has spent the last six weeks on the IR, may be a sneaky good pickup. Here we go. He's the best in the business. He's Lance Goodman. Check him out at NFL Exporter on Twitter at NFLExporter.com. Lance, we always appreciate the insight. Enjoy the weekend. Good luck in your games. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, let's get it done. Break that losing streak. Nine and two next week, guys. There we go.